Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. I am your host, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming back, everybody. We're moving, we're grooving. You know the deal. Comments, questions, concerns, feedback. Please slide into those DMs at the Trainer Life Podcast. Or you can also email me at thetrainerlife at gmail.com. And in the subject line, please put podcast. All right, team, let's get into it. I'm going to rant for like a good hot minute. Um, so frustrated trying to get my guest on, not get the guest, but the audio. Um, technology can sometimes be amazing, but our worst enemy at the same time. I had two podcasts recorded with two separate guests. One, um, my friend who actually did our ma- my master's program with me, and we were just discussing the things we wish we had known, things we would have changed, why we decided to go in, bomb episode, and there is so much background noise in it because we did it at a um, almost like a common workspace. So normally there is no one there. It is completely desolate at this time. And everybody and their mama decided they wanted to be in this space. Um, So there's so much background noise, music and all this stuff. Like the audio was annoying for me to try and edit, let alone release out for you all to hear. So I'm going to have to get in contact with her and we're going to have to try and do that magical episode again with the same vivaciousness that we had on the first run. Um, Today I was actually supposed to, I was on with a woman who lives in Denmark and she is a vegan trainer and she's also an American who trains in um, Denmark. I believe it's Denmark. And she's just so cool and awesome. And we were getting, we were getting into the conversation and then the internet, either on her side or my side went out, the screens were freezing. We couldn't see one another. I am like, why is life not wanting me to be great. All right. I'm trying to get these podcasts out. I'm getting guests. I'm producing. I'm making my appointments. I have my questions. And life is just out here not wanting me to be great. Probably wanting me to be frustrated. But I'm not going to be frustrated. We're going to pivot. We're going to move. We're going to keep it going. And I contacted the um, app that I use to do my distance podcasting and they are inquiring about why this keeps happening to me because it's like the second or third time it's happened when I try and have guests on so I don't know if it's my internet my browser whatever but I will not be defeated all right (laughs) so what we're going to touch on for today's episode uh is I want to focus on kids and the reason I want to focus on kids is because a lot of my clients and or people taking classes have really been reaching out about their kids um and their fitness and where should they start? A while ago, kids, we were told that kids shouldn't lift weights. Kids shouldn't, you know, strength train. It was going to stunt their growth. They weren't going to be as tall and all of this stuff that now with science and data we're learning are just kind of, I don't want to say myths, but the level of science and we'd had and what is the word I'm looking for? Data we were able to, yet my my brain 
today. I'm so sorry, everybody. But that we were able to extract was due to the testing that we could do. So it was based on, you know, limited data. And again, only because science evolves the type of, you know, once you can do blood work, now you can do in bodies, now you can do so many different things that can help get data and analyze things about uh, people. So now we better know that strength training is not detrimental to children and it does not stunt their growth. So what I want to focus on today is promoting physical um, activity in specifically children. Children are considered a special population as are pregnant women, elderly people, and people with chronic diseases. They're all considered what is a special population, which means there need to be considerations taken for them when implementing a program, you know, uh, curating the program for that specific person and things to that nature. So where I'm going to be pulling my info from today is going to be the American College of Sports Medicine's Behavioral Aspects of Physical Activity and Exercise book by Claudio R. Nick. So if you want to fight me on any of the data, you can go to them. I'd absolutely love a healthy conversation, but definitely go to them first. All right. So let's get into some stats and data about uh, kids and where physical fitness is right now. Um, due to COVID, video games, online school, and things of that nature, we have really seen a decline in physical activity um, in recent years. And, you know, it's been probably the last 10 years. Definitely COVID and things of that nature took a complete toll on it. But let's get into some data. So very high levels of inactivity. Um, despite recommended 60 minutes or more physical activity each day are seen in this 2009 study that shows 17 to 19% of high schoolers, grades 9 through 12, reported participating in physical activity for at least 60 minutes, seven days a week. And only 35 to 38% reported participating in physical activity for at least 60 minutes, five days a week. And 21 to 24% of high school students reported not participating in at least 60 minutes of physical activity uh, for five days a week. Now, I know that even for me to go and actually intentionally work out seven days a week is hard. I am busy. I have clients, travel as adults. Like sometimes we just don't have it, but it is important that we implement a good, I say five days a week, even for children is important just to get those good, healthy habits in them. And studies have shown that when kids work out or a part of sports earlier in their life, and it's just something that's a part of their life, they are way more prone to at least have a consistency. It might not be five, six days a week for, you know, X amount of time, but it definitely is they are more prone to have maybe, you know, that weekend warrior schedule, which if you don't know what that means, that means like, oh, they're avid on like Saturday and Sundays or something like that because they're not at work or, you know, they're a, they go, you know, two to three days a week consistently and it's more of part of their life and consistency of their schedule. So we notice that people who have that in their childhood will find some sort of balance in adulthood. So things that are associated um, associated with being inactive that they're now seeing that could be detrimental to children as they get older are chronic conditions. And these chronic conditions are obesity, heart disease, musculoskeletal conditions, death, increased um, care cost, and just premature illness. So these are all things that since children have started to become inactive, they've noticed that they are getting these 
uh, problems and diseases earlier in their lives where maybe we didn't see it until, you know, possibly 50 years old. Now we're seeing, you know, 30 and 40 year olds with heart attacks or things to that nature or needing knee replacements and stuff. So that's why it is important to make exercise fun, get outdoors, run around, you know, get that and that pent up energy out. And if you ever notice as an adult, I remember last week I was exhausted. I was so tired. I was unmotivated to work out the level of, I was like, I don't want to do anything, but I did. And it really helped just change my mood. I felt good. I felt energized. And I was literally on the Stairmaster for 40 minutes. I just walked and I I wasn't huffing and puffing. I was just like, move your body. You're going to feel so much better if you move your body. And I really did. It really just gave me the second wind, this rejuvenation that I needed in that moment. And I don't regret it. And that's also something we never regret any of our weight workouts. We might have been like, oh, it wasn't the best. You know, I wish I had done more. Maybe I should have lifted like da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, I have never heard someone say, you know, I, sh- I just knew I shouldn't have shown up today. I have honestly, not that I can recall ever heard that. I've heard more so than not people go, I'm happy I showed up because I really w- didn't feel like walking through those doors. Or I'm happy I didn't cancel on you this morning as a coach or like as a personal trainer, because you know, my bed is really what all I wanted and was not your face. I don't take that personally at all. Sometimes I'd rather stay in bed than see some people's faces. But you know, what? I'm always happy when I show up and do the things I want to do, because it just those are the days that are also magic. And you just feel energy and warmth. And it's just a good feeling. Okay, sorry, I had to sip some water. I was out here about to lose a lung and choke. So let's talk about some things that need to be done to in order to help kids get into working out and make them feel comfortable. And we as adults, especially fitness professionals, should be implementing into kids um, to make kids feel comfortable, to make kids feel safe, not left out, and how we can navigate programming that can be individualized, but still give them a group setting. Because one of the hardest things probably is, you know, you'll have those kids that are really good and maybe those kids that aren't so great. So let's be able to have a structure where we can help both sets of, you know, our high achieving athletic types and maybe those people who are not very athletic, but want to be and how we can set them up for success to just be able to, you know, run, to be able to lift, to be able to know what to strength train and things to that nature and how we go about doing that. So activities that would be great for kids, walking, biking, hiking, rollerblading, skateboarding, basketball. These are all things that are a good for aerobic activity. Aerobic activity means with oxygen. That means it's good for the kid's heart. It's good for adults' hearts. And it's something that if you have the time to do, you know, do it with your child. Do it with them. You know, go out for a family walk after dinner. Go for a bike ride. Um, Go play basketball together. Now, I know that some people don't live in neighborhoods where this can be possible. You know, pop on a dance dance revolution and my aging myself saying that on youtube but the point is just move around have fun and you want to kind of get that cardiovascular work in there and you know just movement is key when it comes to strength strength training uh this includes pushing movements body weight movements swinging movement so that's 
playing games, you can play golf, you can play soccer, um, hockey, any type of swinging movement like that, tug of war. Uh, body weight resistance bands can be started with uh, all kids, but especially if someone doesn't feel comfortable with weights, resistance bands, tubing are a great way to kind of get kids into strength training without giving them like super heavy weights or making them feel any type of way. When it comes to bone strengthening movements, we want skipping, jumping, like jump rope, hopscotch, and running. So both these bone strengthening movements are really more of a, think about like plyometric dynamic movements. And this is going to help get strong bones in our kids. If you notice, if you've ever seen a picture of bones for children and bones for adults, bones for kids, like they're still growing. So they're not really ossified that well. And it means like solid, like you'll notice there's like holes in there because they're still growing. And as we get older, you notice that the sponginess inside the bone picture, it's more, everything is together as opposed to separated, if that makes sense. If you've never seen a picture of it, I at least think it's pretty cool. So I suggest uh, taking a look at a picture of it. So different things that we can do to help kids want to work out and evaluating them in their workouts are, there are different types of campaigns that are around. One is called the SPARK program. One is called the PLAY program and the VERB program. So these are interventions to kind of get kids up and active and moving. The SPARK program stands for Sports Play and Active Recreation. And these can be implemented by um, teachers where they there's in this program, teachers are actually trained in helping and coaching kids in physical activity, usually, you know, in a gym class and things and promoting kind of just sparking that interest in what kids actually like to do in order for them to stay with it. They say that the increased number of minutes of activity in intervention cl classes translates into increased fitness levels of two years post-intervention. So that means once this program ends, kids are more likely to continue with some form of physical activity two years after uh, the termination of them being in this program. So this is great to know. And this data also shows that it works. Now, is every program flawed? Is there probably things that can be done to make it a lot better? Of course, but this definitely shows that promoting physical activity for children does show po positive benefits even when it's over. Now, the PLAY program is promoting lifestyle activity for youth, and this is healthy habits, and encourage the, which encourages 30 to 60 minutes of vigorous activity. Um, and this breaks down what they do in schools with this program is they do 12 minutes activity breaks during the school day to teach new physical activity concepts and self-monitoring of total physical activity participation. So this is something that I find interesting because it's basically one of those things like after a teacher and I have friends who are teachers, like you do a certain portion of school, maybe it's like 45 minutes then you kind of like jump up and down, you know, you have them do jumping jacks, you know, squats or anything like that, just to get the body moving. Because when we're sedentary and we're just sitting for so long, our brains actually don't function optimally. Like jumping up and down helps blood flow 
it helps cognition. It helps us just kind of get the, you know, the shakies out. The, you ever have that 3 p.m. itch where you like want a snack at 3 p.m.? You know, this is more for adults or I want a coffee or you're heading into that crash. It's probably because you've been sitting for so much. So this is almost like the kid version of it where it's like get up, move around. I have friends who are teachers who teach, um, you know, elementary school kids and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes they just get up and it's like jump around everybody, get the, you know, get the giggles out, get the shakies out because to just be sitting there. Uh, for, you know, five, six hours at a time, our bodies actually are not made to sit for that long and can actually be detrimental to our health. So children have far more energy than we do. So we want to make sure that we are not killing that and killing is the wrong word, but uh, dimming the light of their activity. We're always telling kids, you're jumping around too much, you sit down, but like, you you should jump around too. so in this pro in the play program, they promote attitudes and behaviors in children that will translate into a lifetime of physical activity participation, and it encourages children to record physical activity on a calendar or to schedule activities with their friends and family. And I definitely can see how this plays a part. A lot of the people that I train and or you know coach in classes, they make exercise priority. I have this amazing client. She is um, a mom. She's also pregnant again. So she has almost an almost two year old. She's pregnant right now. And she really makes physical activity a part of her life. Like it's important. It's scheduled. Like we schedule out pretty much two weeks in advance because she's like, you know, if I don't schedule this, it's probably not going to happen. And sometimes her son will come and, you know, he'll hang out with us while we're training and everything. And I think that's great because even though he's not working out with us, he's seeing that this is important to mommy. He's seeing mommy lift weights. He's seeing that, you know, she's scheduling this time, not only, she says, not only for herself, but it makes her a better mother. It makes her a better employee. She goes, you know, it's my time for, to feel less crazy and more centered. That's what working out does for her. So when we promote this in children at a young age, then it's definitely going to help them be healthier in the long run in their lives. Because if they see you doing it, it's going to be like, wow, I remember my mom, she was dedicated like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 630. She was always with her trainer and stuff. I have people who take my classes and they book like, you know, three weeks out. And they're like, because I know for the next three weeks, especially if they travel for work, they're like, I'm here 5 p.m. I'm going to be here in this class because I know I'm traveling for a little bit. So life, especially life the last few years, has been completely crazy. But when we take this time out to really dedicate and focus, I have noticed that, you know, it's great and kids are going to keep to it. Um, Now, another program we're going to touch on is the Verb Campaign. And this was to market physical activity as cool, fun, and a chance to have a good time with friends. It was advertised on television through promotions and things of that nature. The outcome of this program was a dose response. 81% of U.S. children reported seeing the Verb campaign and were engaging in at least one session of physical activity per week. The physical activity is cool, fun, and chance to have a good time with friends. If possible, implement implement marketing strategies over popular media or schools and in the greater community. So what this means is have, you know, nights at schools where it's a soccer night or it's a basketball night or it's a dodgeball night. Then we do this and it's a chance for the kids to 
you know, get together outside of the classroom or outside of that seven to three or eight to four, whatever time frame your kids go to school, that they saw positive um, elevate activity levels from kids when it was something that was considered cool, they could do with friends, they could have extra time with friends. And I think that's really what promoted this program is that kids, you know, they love to be around their friends, especially when they start hitting those teenage years. So when you can be like, oh, great, you're going to see your friend. Well, you can, you know, play this game or you're going to do this activity. You're getting a two for kids kind of consider that as like a two for one special. It's, they get to see their friends, which is always a plus. But then at the same time, they're doing something that's good for their health and hopefully they will stick with it and it will promote healthy activities in the long run. Look at running groups. I wish I still did and maybe I'll try and start that again in the spring. I loved running groups. I loved to go to Nike Run because I live in New York City. So I would go to one of the Nike Run groups. They did them on Tuesday and Thursday nights. And I actually met a lot of great people at these runs. I met people that I still talk to to this to this day. I, make, I met people from other countries. And it was just so fun to be a part of a community and a part of a group. And especially since COVID, I think we all are craving community, craving group uh, and connection. So let's if we start that at a young age, then they will also still want to do that community group setting. You know, that's why group fitness is so big. These run groups, it just puts you in a position to be around people that do something that you enjoy as well. So uh, the last topic that I will probably hit on for today are behavioral strategies that you can use to implement for children, and especially if they're maybe self-conscious, have body um, body image issues and things like that. You want to encourage children to just start moving. Don't give them any type of goal unless it's sports, but you know, physical, just move. Moving is good for you. Moving is going to help you with your homework. Moving is going to just make sure you live a long and amazing life, you know, hopefully, but it definitely can set you on the path there. Um, In short, physical activity is used as reward and not as a punishment. So that's you know, we see that a lot in sports where if you're punished, you have to like almost run suicides in basketball. You've got to run until the coach tells you to stop and stuff. We don't, we want it to be encouraged as a positive thing. Now, granted, everything has its case if you're in a very like high division sports, but if it's someone who were just a child that's just doing this to try and be healthier, a parent wants them to be a little bit more healthier, you know, fitness is not a punishment. It is a blessing. It's something you get to do. It's something you should do. You have a body that is able to move, then you should at least move it a few times a week. So it's not a punishment. It's something that's exciting. And you, you know, you should be really grateful. Like you get to do this, you get to move, you get to run, let's not waste it. And Teach kids to be open about how they're feeling, you know, especially I grew up in the age of, you know, body dysmorphia, anorexia, and bulimia and things like that. So we want kids to be really honest about how they're feeling. Sometimes kids don't feel comfortable um, participating in certain sports. And one, let's figure out why. Two, what do they feel comfortable with? And three, we as guardians, parents, whatever the case may be, how can we assist them in feeling comfortable, feeling confident, and showing up not in so much a physical sense, but a health sense is a lot different. 
Um, also encourage kids to try different activities to find what they really like. Like a rule in my house was I had to see something through until the end. Now that didn't mean like if I started something when I was in second grade, I had to take it to high school, but it was, I had to complete the season. So if I started something and I really didn't like it, my mom is like, okay, cool, but we have to start what we finish. So we were, we won't re-enroll you in this, but you're going to take it for the full term. You're going to take it for whatever the session length is. So that was the one thing I wasn't allowed to be a quitter. It was, you take it until this ends. You don't, have to go back if it's not something you enjoy, but you don't just quit something because you don't like it. And that was just more on, you know, that teaches other skills in kids that you you can't be a flake. Like you're going to be a responsible, you know, adult one day. So be a responsible child. You might not like this, but we're going to commit to it. And then once the season or term or session or whatever the case may be, then it's over and you don't have to return. But I want you to at least try and give your all in this moment. And I think that's also something that's important that where I say, you know, the reason I named this channel and my podcast and everything, the train your life, because that's something that will overflow into your life is that you can't just quit something because you don't like it. You know, now there's differences if it's a toxic work environment, blah, 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 you know, all those things. But I'm saying we all have to go to school. Did I like being in school? Like I liked it, but I hated the work, but the work took me to the outcome that I desired. And I'm very proud of that, but I couldn't quit because, oh my God, I don't like reading papers. I don't like reading research. No, like I committed to this for two years and I haven't read a research article in the last two months. And it's been amazing. Why? Because I made a commitment and I saw it through. So I think that's very important that we also need to teach kids. It's like, you don't have to do this forever if you truly don't enjoy it. But what you are going to do is see this through for whatever the committed time was. And that is something I feel that also translates into growing up into an adult that can be taught through sports and physical activity and things like that. Alrighty, so that is the focus of today's episode, our uh, children, how we implement them into fitness Uh, how we get them started and testing them out. Like if you do work with a trainer, you know, you always just want to make sure we're doing, we're screening for safety, um, discuss interventions and health goals. And we want to make sure we're testing them and utilizing basic testing that we would use as long as it's a healthy child with no previous issues. We can use regular testing that we would use in adults just at a lower standard. Um, but that's usually healthy for most kids. We want to have it exercises that we implement slowly and carefully for children. We always want them to be fun and positive experiences. And then we always want to evaluate progress. Again, this is dependent on the goal of the child, if the child is in a sport or if it's just for health. We want to assess for progress, enjoyment, and make things more individual if need be. All right, so that is today's episode, everybody. Please let me know if you have any thoughts on this. Does your child uh, train with you or have any type of outlet for physical activity? Do you work out in front of your child and do you notice that it impacts them in a healthy way uh, to see this in your life? So I hope you have an amazing day. I will see you next week. Drink your water, eat your veggies, live your best life. And yeah, I'll see you when I see you. Bye.
Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.